0: You're listening to another edition of Absolutely Nothing Going On. It's your host here, Rich, a.k.a. Boar If you enjoy the show today, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, or review. You can catch me outside on Instagram, at Richardometry, on Twitter, at Richardography, and Steady Every Day at angopodcast at gmail.com. Music for this segment produced by ticktones.com. Thanks for listening. Are you ready for what comes next? Let's start the show. Well, hello friends, it's your boy Rich here, aka Boar Lord, and welcome to another edition of Absolutely Nothing Going On, a little bit of nothing in the middle of your something. (laughs) How are you doing? I am doing okay. I'm doing all right for now, making it through. I think we're all kind of making it through a little bit. Uh, I am here in the 2016 Kia Sorento Studios once again finally got it back uh, I guess I hadn't really talked to you guys since um, since my wife got rear-ended and we had to put it in the shop you know to get all this work done and so on and so forth it's always a bummer I don't know if you've ever had that experience of going having to put your car in for cosmetic repairs it's not amazing let's put it the way that way it's not not really amazing. <laughs> Anyhow, moving on, I um I'm glad that you made it back for uh, another episode here. And uh I'd like to uh, thank my wife for coming out uh, for that Christmas uh, special Christmas combo. I would definitely like to do that again if you would like it as well, please uh, send along an email um or comment hit me up on uh Anchor. I really haven't said much about Anchor lately, but uh they're still out there making all your dreams come true if you want to start a podcast, go for it, you know. Just hit record, go with it. If you got if like literally if you at least have a smartphone um you know that's less than 3 years old, <laughs> then um you should have a perfect condenser microphone. And a little studio right in your pocket. So, I mean, hey, the majority of my episodes were were recorded and a lot of them produced um, and edited right on my phone, which is absolutely incredible to me. Uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, and uh, me and a buddy of mine decided we were going to be a rock in a rock band once we started playing guitars. Um you know, we had, basically we had like little practice amps. And do you guys remember those little boom, those wiggly boom microphone things? Um, you know, like a lot of times they were flexible and you could like bend them in a direction and they would just stay that way, you know, kind of rubbery Gumby with like a little tiny pod on the end of it made terrible recordings, but we stuck those, uh, you know, in front of us and our little amps and sang real loud and made some pretty disgusting recordings. But hey, you know, if I'd have said to myself then, like, hey, you know, in 15, you know, 20 years, you're going to be, you could just do this on some magic little glass touch surface uh, that everyone carries around with them. I would have I, I probably would have, uh, possibly believed it. I don't know. I'm pretty open-minded, uh, but I would have been like, oh yeah, you know, uh, to use, uh, what was his name? Um, Mike Berbiglia. Oh yeah. And, yeah, I heard about it, <laughs> which means, what did he say? It means I hadn't heard about it, but I like you. <laughs> uh, that's a good bit. That's, uh, on his, um, What's, what record was that? Ugh, I can't remember. It's. Anyway, either way, look up Mike Berbiglia. It's from like 2005, I want to say. A special that he had. Bringing back the oldies. Speaking of 15 years ago, uh, <laughs> uh, I really didn't have anything. You know, pressing to talk about And I didn't particularly want to Just sit and bitch at you guys For, you know, half hour again So I uh, just kind of winged it Let's talk about some interesting entertainment uh, I've gotten really into lately A show called The Curse of Oak Island It's on well, seasons 1, 4, and 5 are on Hulu You could probably skip 2 and 3 They don't seem to consequential but um but yeah so i'm on to season six now which is on amazon which you gotta rent or buy um on amazon but either way <clears throat> i have gotten really super sucked into the show um i you know it it's it to me is like a new ancient aliens i don't know if any of you guys watch ancient aliens and and before you go uh, go on and be like, oh, here he goes, you know, this fucking conspiracy alien, you know, don't tell me you're into all that. And the answer is complicated. (laughs) Um, like I said, I'm very open minded. So, you know, I, there are a lot of things uh, that we, uh, we're have discovered on this planet that are from very long ago. And we have no, not very much information to go on to tell us. Uh, that's my freaking neighbor. I think stole some shit from me. <laughs> uh, just drove by, passed by the studio in another studio. Um, any case, what I'm saying is there are a lot of things that are still yet to be explained about, What's going on in this planet before, you know, before we have a record of? That's all I'm going to say. You know, whether you want to believe that there's, you know, s- s- uh, a- aliens interference, whether you want to believe that ancient people possess some knowledge to, like, you know, fucking just have some stones into place or, you know, these weird artifacts and things like that. Who knows? Who knows? You know, um, and although it's very suggestive, they basically, like, everything is posited in a question. Could it be that the such, you know, that this could be of otherworldly origin? <laughs> could it be that such a such? I mean, you know, even a scientist would tell you, yeah, you know, it could be. We just, we don't have an explanation for it as of yet. So, I mean, you're welcome to theorize. <laughs> Um, but, um, but, you know, there seem to be, uh, more on the side of rational explanations than fantastic ones, but Hey, you know, until that stuff is found out, okay, some people can hope some people can dream. Uh, I'm not saying I'm one of them. I'm not like counting on aliens to come through for us. I'm not saying like the only way we're going to advance as a society again is if we, you know, some alien interference, of course that may do it. (laughs) That would be fantastic if it did. However, uh, I'm not, I'm not really banking on that. I think that, uh, in most ways we create our own reality, you know, if, uh, yeah, uh, anyway, I'm not going to get down the road. The point of what I'm saying is is shows like Ancient Aliens, okay, are equal parts fascinating and entertaining, okay? When I, you know, I I have a buddy of mine who just recently got back into um to uh uh professional wrestling, okay? And, uh, never would have saw that coming. He's, he's, um, you know, living up in the big city up on the East coast. And, uh, he, um, you know, a lot of things, perspective changes and things happen. I know it did, you know, kind of for me, uh, when I was there, but, um, nevertheless, he's back into, um, professional wrestling, possibly for the for probably more than he ever has been, you know, he's like, when we were kids, most boys coming up in the, you know, born in the eighties, we'll say, um, have touched this, uh, arena of, um, fighting slash entertainment <laughs> Called professional wrestling, right? I had little, you know, I had a Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, you know, thing, the Big Boss Man, uh, you know, I'm I'm not, you know, I, you could name drop all day on all these characters from from way back, but um, but I I had a few toys. They were most of them were secondhand. I never bought one in the store, and I was like, oh, this character is my favorite. You know, I watched, I saw a little bit. There was action figures, you know, say no more. I'm a, you know, little boy coming up in the eighties, you know, the, uh, the, uh, McDonald's millennials, let's put it that way. Anyway, before, yeah, before the, the, towards the end of the millennial spectrum, like of kids that were born, um, I don't even know, I guess it does it stop at the year 2000. I don't know, but, uh, either case towards the end of that, you know, they grew up in a whole different, uh, decades. So essentially, uh, it was a decade that saw more and more developments and information. And, uh, so like in the eighties, let's say, um, throughout the eight, you know, 1980s, I would say that, um, that places like McDonald's with their play places and ball pits, were they not, um, like essentially magical to a kid, you know, like, uh, fantastic. This, this, uh, incredible tasting food that must have some sort of drugs in it because it's way better than, you know, mom's cafe at home. Um, (coughs) not, I won't say better, but, uh, certainly more, um, enticing. Let's put it that way to a kid. It's packed full of tons of salts and sugars. And we all know that now. But uh but back then, you know, the the mystery the was still alive. And uh and so I'll call, you know, all of us born in the eighties um McDonald's millennials. How about that? <laughs> Coin a new term you heard you heard to hear first. So um but any case uh that was just total sidebar there. But um He got into this world of professional wrestling, buddy of mine. Let's get back to the, back to the topic at hand. Um, now do I believe that he thinks that these guys are like really fighting or really mad at each other or, you know, all this sort of stuff? No, no. I know that he knows that it's pure entertainment. It, it's like whipped cream. It's like the, you know, uh, it's not the icing on the cake. It's the, the, the decoration on top of the cake. That's also made out of like, even somehow even more like sugary, um, crazy icing sort of sugar. Um, you know, we're talking about the, like a wedding cake or like elaborate birthday cake, with these big flowers or balloons or something on it. It's just like, just pure excess. Right. And, uh, and so like, you know, I would consider that kind of in the same category. I would consider ancient aliens kind of in the same category. And, uh, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying about McDonald's is that like, I think what's so entertaining and, and equal parts entertaining and fascinating to me is that, uh, and, and I'm, j- I'm just talking through this now. Like you're, you're, th- I haven't like pre-formulated these ideas. I'm really, um, kind of analyzing it as I'm talking here, but, um, but the parts that make it entertaining and fascinating equally is that is just that, right? Like, uh, the mystery of it, um, the, the excitement at what could be discovered, let's say, um, and, uh, sure, you know, it'd be. It'd be crazy if aliens existed, and you know, that if you want to sit around and have a conversation of whether or not, like, um, what it would mean if aliens existed, you know, then you get into all kinds of conversations like, um, what could be their intentions? Are they good? Are they helpful? Are they, do they see us as a lower life form or are they studying us or, you know, like you get all these different things. Like, Why are they not just here shaking hands with everybody? Do they have some sort of like a prime directive that prevents them from interfering, but, but seemingly maybe they interfered in the past. I don't know. There's just so many questions, but, but, but I'm not even talking about a real conversation about, whether aliens exist or not. The show to me doesn't represent, uh, you know, you're not going to tack down definitive proof, um, with ancient alien show do, do, um, <clears throat> aliens exist or not. It, it doesn't really matter to me. The thing is, is that like they make this like crazily interesting and entertaining case for the possibility that there could have been aliens here in the past. Um, One of my fun theories is that uh, it's a time travel, you know, t- uh, I always thought it would make a fantastic sci-fi movie if uh, we discovered that some experiment went wrong and these people who were supposed to go, you know, into another dimension in space or like travel across a, you know, wormhole or something like that actually ended up back here at Earth you know, like thousands of years ago and, uh, and through some series of events, I'm not a writer, you know, I'm not a movie writer. Okay. But, uh, through some crazy series of events, um, they basically have to help build these pyramids in order for man to develop in the way that it did so that they would exist in the future. Um, some sort of interlocked time loop, you know, sort of thing which I think is fascinating that it's a science fiction movie. I'm talking about like some sort of crazy, uh, science fiction action movie. Of course, you know, if, uh, any of you big science fiction action producers want to, you know, want to talk further about this idea, I do have some others. Um, <laughs> so I mean, you know, I got a book coming out, you know, I got tons of these things, But they're just fun. They're pure speculation, uh, coupled with like possibilities, uh, coupled very loosely with, uh, actual, uh, uh, data and, you know, filled in the, the little, the, the gum in the, in the gaps is, um, is just, um, nothing basically just just a guess just wild guesses at things and that's that's what i'm saying that's what it is wild guesses at the possibilities of what could have happened at a time that we don't know what happened right so um if you enjoy ancient aliens as much as i do um whether you love aliens or not you know if you're if you like that sort of excuse me that mystery uh, the kind of like mystery of the, you know, what are all these things? What do they mean? Who was here? What do they do? You know, what do they really do? What do we have yet to discover? Cause I mean, you know, let's be honest. there, are they like, literally this is not science fiction or ancient aliens. There are pyramids of different types and sizes being discovered like all over the world. Like that's not even in debate, you know, um, which is interesting in and of itself, why would all these different cultures spread across the entire globe all build similar structures? Um, maybe that was just the way of doing things in our early development. I have no clue. But um, but I'm just saying, it, it all, always begs the question. It's the mystery of why are those things there? Who put them there? And what were they used for? You know, those types of things. Because, you know, uh, I think most um uh, uh you know archaeologists in in terms of Egypt would agree at this point what our former understanding you know general knowledge general knowledge was uh I'm saluting <coughs> um was that the pyramids were big tombs for uh kings but this never actually been proven it was just assumed right that's what we all knew it was in textbooks and, you know, you go back even 20 years, you can find documentaries that, um, that state that. But nowadays, you know, most of them say there were never actually any sarcophagi or like any thing that would even indicate that it was a tomb, um, inside or out of the pyramid. So it's, like I said, there's more questions than there are answers and mystery is fantastic. I uh, my little Google news feed. I I get um, you know all kinds of scientific discovery. I love scientific discovery, archaeology, all that sort of thing. I I read these things. I look at them. I kind of file them in my own head to, to get this kind of map of where what we're finding out, where we're going, what these things could mean. You know, and and not that it affects your day to day life, but that's you know that's not why you listen to this show, anyway. Um, but to get to the bottom of what I'm trying to say here, what I was originally saying is I've just gotten into this, this, uh, other show that's apparently been going on for quite a while, um, that I think I watched an episode of a very long time ago, uh, a few years ago and, and didn't really, um, I didn't really get far with it. I just, I think I watched like part of one episode, maybe, I don't know. But it's a show called The Curse of Oak Island. Now, Oak Island is a little uh, island in Nova Scotia, right off the coast of Nova Scotia on the Atlantic. And uh, this island is a literal treasure trove of mystery. (laughs) Uh, They think that there's actually a literal treasure trove there, but um, I guess I should have said figurative. They, they literally think that there's treasure there, and they've been, like, digging and drilling and all this sort of stuff for, I mean, people have been searching for this thing for over 200 years. They've been trying to find treasure, and all they find is, like, more weird things, misleading. They find, you know, artifacts that are misleading, can't tell how old things are. Now there's tons of technology, so they're really starting to, like, dive deep into, like, carbon dating and electron microscopes and isotopes and all this sort of thing and like really really digging into it so there's like all this kind of science going along with this this kind of just bullshit hilarious group of people involved with this show because I mean when it started it was just like a few people right and then there was the couple of people that had uh had searched before on the island, you know, and they're kind of consulting them, but as, as the seasons went on and now in the sixth season, which represents at least 10 years of them being doing this, um, you know, they're finally really going, going for it. And I'm sure it's because they have a television show and they've had, because of the television show, they have huge tourism to the island, which these guys own the majority stake in a, a, uh, a tour a tour company called Oak Island Tours which owns essentially you know 90% of the island and the you know the area that it doesn't they have agreements with those property owners to search on their property so <laughs> it it's just, it literally is, these guys are probably raking in cash hand over fist and they're like, sure, let's look, f- let's keep looking for treasure. So they're really going all out. I mean, there's, there's just like tons of people and equipment and things involved in this now. It's probably one of the, um, largest archeological, uh, you know, if you can even call it archaeology, I mean, they're, they're treating it very archaeologically, but, uh, yeah, really that word in it's like various forms is very difficult. Um, but the point of what I'm saying is it's a huge mystery who was there? What were they doing? What are all these structures and tunnels and, you know, what could all this stuff be? There's like flood drains, like a cove was completely man-made. And we're talking hundreds of years ago because the, the the first evidence of this was found in like, I think, 1795. And they've been searching since then. People have dug all through the past two centuries have like dug and searched and and whatever convinced that there's, that there's like literal gold or possibly like artifacts or manuscripts or something that are there. Um, but nobody knows, nobody knows for sure. They're just like finding things and just like keeping going with it. And all these theories keep coming into play. It's just, it's just fascinating and, and wholly entertaining. So, um, all of that to say, you know, it's, it's a, um, it's not really a review of the show. I'm just letting you know, these are the type, some of the types of shows that I watch. Um, and why, because they're just, they're just fascinating and entertaining. And, and, and like I say, it is probably a hundred percent because of the mystery of it. Like the, what could these things mean? What could have happened? And, um, And in both cases, we have yet to find out. (laughs) And, uh, if I was them, you know, it looks like the money they're raking in, um, I would be hesitant to actually find something, you know, because as soon as you find something, it's all over and, and everybody goes home and nobody comes to visit, you know, like a mystery solved, you know, hit the button and, uh, and move on along. So, I mean, (sighs) I get it. I would like for there to be more seasons of this, but I also want to know, you know, and we'll see if they actually ever find anything out. Um, I haven't finished yet and it's still ongoing. Like this, this is all season. The season six is currently on television right now, I think. So, um, so yeah, it's still going. I mean, there's going to be several more episodes even in the season, uh, season six. So if you get a chance, give it, you know, give it a watch whether you are the type of person that likes to start, you know, some, sometimes I want to start show me season one, episode one, you know, I want to see the pilot. I want to see how this whole thing started and why anyone thought this was a good idea to put on television. Um, other times, uh, especially if it's a several seasons long show, um, the first seasons can often be very slow and, uh, not that well written or, or crafted. So, um, so sometimes I'll just land in, let me land in the third or fourth season and just pick a episode in the middle at random. It just depends on what, you know, if it's a, if it's a story type show, if it's like a drama, obviously you got to watch it from the beginning because, um, because wherever you drop in, you're not going to have any backstory and all this other stuff, but shows like ancient aliens and mystery of Oak Island or uh, curse of Oak Island rather. Um, every episode, you can watch any of the episodes and they recap anything that's pertinent to the episode and, you know, uh, with video and everything else. I mean, literally it's a 20 minute hour long show. So (laughs) like most of it is back in 2015, this was discovered and later identified as a blah, blah, blah. Um, come to think of it, I think they both shows actually have the same narrator. That guy with the smooth voice. Um, funny. I don't know. If you're into it, you're into it. If you're not, sorry I wasted all this time of yours. But uh, I thought I'd let you just kind of delve into that because, hey, I got absolutely nothing going on. It's, uh, it's a late night. Uh, don't have really anything pressing to do tomorrow. I uh, got to replace a switch, a little click switch um, have all the stuff and the wires should go together easily. So I'll be doing that tomorrow. If anybody wants to uh, come out and help shoot me an email, um, and I'll respond to it saying, Oh, Hey, sorry that I already did that like weeks ago. And you, because you're just listening to it now, you want to join in. That's cool. Maybe I'll have something else. Send me an email saying, Hey, I want to help you with projects maybe this is the, this is the purpose of this podcast is to get people to help me with projects. Ultimately dupe you into helping me with projects. So if you really are that dim, you know, go ahead and send me an email. Come on out. (laughs) Uh, I, I get into some crazy shit though. You'd be surprised. So, you know, if you got any ideas, uh, uh, of, uh, wanting to just chill, hit me up. Who knows? It might happen. Uh, Oh yes, I've almost forgot. I um this this was something interesting that uh, I just got into lately. Um YouTube's a great resource, uh the internet in general. I did a bunch of reading and uh watched some videos and things like that. And uh this is just for you guys out there with the little uh with any um um furry friends. I'll say of the canine varietal. Um speaking of dogs, for those of you who may not know uh some of those words. In any case, point is you got a dog. Uh I just discovered this recently that um and I had no idea. I actually kind of feel a little bit bad now, but um I I'm just now understanding that um, some of you may struggle with this in, uh, clipping a dog's nails. Okay. Clipping the dog's nails is something that, you know, I've tried to do before. Usually I let the vet do, it's not very graceful. Um, um, I've done it before and accidentally got quick, you know, so the cut the, you know, the soft inner part of the nail, if you cut it too much and, um, and had, you know, some bleeding and things like that. very intimidating. Cutting dog's nails to me was very intimidating and it may be to you as well. Um, but I'm, you know, I don't know you and your dog, but I'm here to tell you that, um, it's actually not that complicated. You know, if you have a, if you have a somewhat decent relationship with your dog and they don't actually hate you and, you know, I don't know why you would have a dog, around that wanted, that just hated you, um, and didn't want to spend any time with you. That would kind of defeat the purpose. Um, I, the discovery that I made in this whole process that I had no clue of was the fact that a healthy length for dogs nails should not contact the floor. Um, when they're just standing on like a level floor, um, I had no clue. I thought, you know, you think animals with nails or claws or hoofs or whatever, you know, they they're made to contact the ground, and I get it that like they get longer than than they're supposed to, but like they never, my dogs, you know, are fairly active, so they never really looked unhealthy. They just are kind of long, you know. I didn't think much about it, but but um, especially living in a very small space, and I have a vinyl plank flooring, it's, you know, faux wood floor or whatever, looks great, very durable, that sort of thing. But, um, but dog's nails, you know, this like uh skittery dog nail sound is terrible. And, um, and so I started looking into it thinking, well, maybe I can trim them up a little bit. They won't be as uh skittery. Maybe, I don't know. That's when I found out that shouldn't be even, they shouldn't even be making a noise. If you have a dog and you have some sort of smooth floor, like a tile or, you know, um, any kind of, you know, wood floor or um, terrazzo or linoleum or whatever, if you can hear your dog's nails clicking on the floor, they're too long. And I, that I was blown away by that. So, so uh, I started, trying to figure out how often can I cut them and, and how to cut them because, you know, it is a very dogs don't like you to hold their limbs, uh, and, and pick at them, you know, like it just, I don't care how nice or or fun loving of a dog, they'll, they'll shake your hand, you know, like they'll give you a paw and you can do the, Oh, good boy shake or good girl or whatever. So, yeah. So I began, investigating this and there are several different techniques out there there's different techniques for different colors of nails you know like the black ones you can't really see through lighter colored nails you can actually see the quick in there and it's a lot easier my dogs of course both have completely blacked out nails um so um but you there are ways to kind of see it see where the soft part would will be um inside there so um Either way, looked at all these different methods and things that people do to, to help different, um, all the way up to like very aggressive dogs, you know, if dogs get aggressive and have to be sedated, some dog, some people like their dogs get sedated and then their nails cut. Like usually when it's some other reason to sedate them, you know, like an operation or whatever, but, um, sometimes people have to have their animals sedated in order to trim the nails. Um, luckily I didn't have to do that. My one dog didn't protest, um, very much at all. I uh, was able to do his just standing up outside, but the other one, uh, doth protest much. <laughs> I think I got like one nail clipped on him outside. Um, but I tried another method inside, um, with him laying down across my lap and that, that one actually worked really, really well. And, um, he still didn't like it, but we got it, you know, we got them all clipped, um, in one go, you know, it took about 30 minutes and, and whatever, but, um, but I'm excited now, you know, the next uh, few weeks, I'm going to be trimming them about once a week, you know, to kind of shorten them up. Uh, and then once they get to the short level, you know, I'll only have to cut them once every two or three weeks. So, uh, so I'm excited about that. Um, we live kind of rurally, so there's some gravel, but for the most part, they're not on like pavement or they don't dig. So, um, there's not really a lot of reason for them to wear them down. Um, if you, if you live in a paved area and your dog is, you know, gets outside regularly, you know, on pavement, you take them for walks and things like that. Um, a lot of times they, they can wear them down themselves, you know, and you don't even have to to do much. If you have a way to, you know, recreate your dogs in a, in a paved, uh, sense, you know, then that would be good. But if not, like I said, it's not the end of the world to clip them. Um, I, uh, was very intimidated going in, but, I uh, just sat and persisted and, and researched and then, then, you know, and then just did it and it was fine. It was fine. Now I'm, you know, like I said, actually looking forward to, clipping them again and, uh, reaching the goal of like a healthy length and God for the, that would be so nice if they could stop hearing them skitter around on the floor, if they were just quiet and didn't everywhere, you know, waking up the baby and different things. So anyhow, um, that was really the only other interesting, um, interesting thing I, I had going on this week. It's getting kind of spooky foggy out here. So, um, I'm going to use that as an excuse to bow out of this. And thank you for listening once again, for all of us here, whenever you're having this, you know, have it, have it well. I'm Borlord here on absolutely nothing going on podcast.